We keep them down here. There are some simple rules which we insist you follow. Do not touch the glass. Do not approach the glass. You pass them nothing but soft paper. No pencils or pens. They have their own felt tip pens. No staples or paper clips in their paper. Use the sliding food carrier, no exceptions. If they attempt to pass you anything, do not accept it. Do you understand me? Yes. Above all else, never forget what they are. And what are they? Friendables! Two friends talking about Hannibal Lecter. Hello. Yes, we have guests today. Bad. Hello, people in Not chairs across the, across the way from me. Hey! Hi! <laughs> don't mind Migs. <laughs> as long as you don't make eye contact with him. Mm-hmm. We exchanged numbers already. As long as, oh, that's, no. as long as it's only numbers, you're fine. They weren't my numbers. <laughs> they were numbers. Okay. Yeah. Also, I have I have a sneaking suspicion. I because I can't see him from where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I can just hear him. I'm pretty sure he can only see things when they're moving. So if you just stay perfectly Ooh, still, T-Rex vision. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think he's a little part dinosaur. Ooh. We have our co-hosts from The Holiday is Broken, both Z and Laura here. Woo! Our occasional producers on various episodes. As we begin our final journey into the heart of Hannibal Lecter that he was serving that night for dinner with Hannibal Season 1. Yes. It's what the show's been leading toward. It's This is, to me, the pinnacle of Hannibal Lecter content. It is, and I was worried that, especially after going through uh, Hannibal Rising and Clarice right before this, that it might have burned me out on Hannibal. But no, the show won me back pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty quick. Yes. Uh, this this was like, all right, here's my reward for getting through the other stuff. Although, I, I mean, if you've listened to the previous episode, I didn't really like Clarice. I just didn't like Clarice as a Hannibal Lecter show. That's, that's a different what it really wanted to be, but so, Laura, you and I watched it as it was airing back in the day. Back in the day, you Eris watched it as it was airing, or only after it was on DVD and such. Pretty much, uh, technically speaking, I was watching it while it was physically on the air, but I did mm-hmm. not have access to TV, so I was right. always a season behind. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. that's what I, that's what I was thinking. So like, I, it, you was, it was pretty on top week to of, week with it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was always a season behind because of the lack of t- cable TV network. And Z, you never I, watched it. Nope, I binged the whole season in the last 48 hours. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the season in the last 48 hours? Uh, I mean, I'm guessing the headline is it gay. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, had, I, I, I guess I want to point out, like, two of my notes. My, the, that was a little gay counter, which got to, to seven over the whole, the whole season. And That's then, less than I thought it would be. It, it is. Because I was like, I was like, you know, some of this could be platonic. Like, they are just exactly. friends. We'll get and to then, that. And then sometimes, like, like okay, like the sniffing thing. Like, <laughs> he leaned into one person. He was like, nice perfume. And then with Will, he was like, I smell your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that goes on the gay counter. <laughs> um, but also, homoerotic frenemies, my new favorite trope. <laughs> I mean, it was basically your favorite trope before, but yeah, I, I don't yeah. think it's been crystallized quite as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very succinct. I, I have a sneaking. Have, have you found a new fandom? I mean, maybe. I, mean, I don't know. I really joined a lot of fans, but. More gay from here. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the most straight they get. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> like, Season three is, is just this, wow. This is the peak hetero. Yeah. 
this is this is the yeah. most hetero it should ever be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both of them are at all interested in Alana Bloom over the course of this season is uh, as hetero as the show gets. Because yeah. like by yeah. season three, they're like, Alana, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Just you need to be got. <laughs> goodness but yeah um i i had the unique pleasure of watching the first three episodes with z mm-hmm. and so there was you know that, that kind of terrifying moment when you it's because this is my favorite show this is the, hands down my favorite show i have seen this this was my 29th rewatch of season one so like this is you my, know it that specifically yeah wow. <laughs> i can basically quote it and you know i'm sitting i'm sitting in the chair and i'm like is this show only for me? <laughs> like, do other people actually like this show or do they just humor me because I like it and they're my friend and then I'm like watching Z and I'm like, oh no. Because like, Z's like, that's gay! With <laughs> the whole like, hey, like, how do you see baby? Like, as the mongoose I went under the house when the snake slithers by and you're like, what? You pause and you're like, what? <laughs> Are they gay? And I'm like, yes. I said, I said under his house, huh? <laughs> there was lots of like Z pausing and then going, I'm double checking with Aaron just to make sure like, you told me that it gets gay later. <laughs> and I'm like, it does. And they're like, what? <laughs> it was good. I really enjoyed it. I definitely, whether I guessed again on y'all's mm-hmm. uh, from from out of the producer booth or not, I do kind of want to see the rest of it. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, of the 2010s, I think any reasonable list has got to put it in the top five shows of all time. Oh, easily. Of, of mm-hmm. that decade. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't. Or I mean, longer. You don't have to limit all, it to maybe that Maybe of all decade. time. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm utterly biased, obviously. I think you can tell. But there's so much to be said about every single facet of the show mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. Like, I, the fandom, and I think we talked about I don't think we talked about this off mic. Like, the fandom is, is fixated, feels derogatory, but focused on the erotic love between right. Hannibal yeah. and uh, Will, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But it's such a small piece of the symphony right. of the show. Yeah. Yes. And part of it is, like, you know, a lot of fandom is um, not nearly children, but, like, a bunch of 30-year-old ladies who have the minds of, like, 16-year-olds. So, like, it's fine. You know, like, I, I'm I'm counting myself as part of that because sometimes I just want to see dudes bang. Like, it's fine. This came out almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's weird. We don't have, really, now, like, right now, this is the most we've ever had. I say we, like, the queer community. The most the queer community has ever had queer content that's, like mass that like, mainstream. Like, like on yeah. NBC mm. that's not like hidden away on like stars or something mm. and that's like like very honest in your face right. and not about being gay right it's not like lesbians doing lesbian things it's like no these are two FBI agents in, a, in like and like oh then they happen to be in love and you're like that's not what the show is about the, the show is actually about the hunting down of serial killers yeah. what the gayness <laughs> is incidental Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's why fandom is so hooked up on the, oh my God, they're a couple. <laughs> I think if Mads hadn't played him, that if anybody else had played him, it would have been less gay. Oh, yeah. Really? Expand on that. <laughs> I feel like Mads Wilson has um, an incredible handle on Hannibal. Like mm-hmm. every single yes. movement that he made felt... Handpicked, yes. like, deliberate. Yeah, none yeah. of it yeah. felt like 
this is my next movement. Here's my blocking. It felt like this is what Hannibal is willing to telegraph to the people in there that he's in that room with at any yeah. given moment because mm-hmm. his entire demeanor and like mask changes right. for yes. every situation he's Few in. Few actors can express so much with an impassive face. Yes. yes. Uh, like, honestly, to go to our other show, the only other one I can think of is Nimoy. Yeah. Yes. Who could channel into that same yeah. energy of, mm-hmm. I am intentionally not expressing something, mm-hmm. but you know where, where I am. Well, because yeah. when he anytime he's, odd. yes, anytime he's in a room with another person that he knows is a killer mm-hmm. or, you know, is a psychopath or something, he doesn't change his expression, but there's this knowledge that passes. It's this vibe yeah. between them, like, mm-hmm. oh, we know each other. It's All right. this. Yeah, it's like, like this, he he doesn't change his face at all. He it's, doesn't it's, move. Yeah, it's got to be the eyes. Even, he doesn't even like move his body, but you can see almost like a ripple shift. Yeah, of he goes. All right. Like I think of that <laughs> moment when he off. They're, they're <laughs> at the my brain. <laughs> they're not the opera, but they're they're at a performance, mm-hmm. and he runs into his patient who yes. has the the other dude with him mm-hmm. that turned out to be the killer guy. Tobias. Yes, mm-hmm. not so gonna be so good with names on this one. Okay, I got, I got but like, yeah. So like, it's just like he he he's like, oh hello. Hello. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just, there was this knowledge, and then Tobias knew too. There was yeah. this thing that passed between them. And I don't, so I'm going to relate it back to the queer community a little bit. I think part of the reason that the queer community loves this show so much is that I find myself doing a similar thing, except replace serial killer with lesbians. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, because I'll be like around, I'm like, look at all these heteros, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> I know you. Like, even though I don't know mm-hmm. them, but like, I picked up. Their radar. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, And then I suddenly nice. let them know that I'm also of the same persuasion. <laughs> and then I, like, move back to the rest of the heteros. <laughs> right. And I think that's where I am a little bit disinterested in, in the sexual component of their mm-hmm. relationship and, and the vibes mm-hmm. between Will and Hannibal. Yeah. Like, they are literally soulmates. I think the, the, the big thesis of the season that I came to, or at least the first part of the season, is the moment Hannibal meets Will, he has seen it all play out. He knows Will Graham can and will catch him. Yeah. And he's going to enjoy every second he, of it. And it's going to be the right. best few months of his life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I love Hannibal's seduction of Will mm-hmm. because even it, like and it's not it's not physical as much right. as like okay I'll write the fanfic where it's physical but like it is a mental and spiritual seduction yes of Will mm-hmm. and I love that I I can't top that I don't write fanfic about that because right. the show's already done it for me yeah and yeah. that's so much more interesting to me than they want to bang because yeah yeah <laughs> like, it's like you, great they can bang you you said it earlier <clears throat> off camera <clears throat> like. The sex would cheapen it for them, right? Like I, I absolutely think that's true. And this is after I said that to you, I, I thought about it a little longer because there is the component that this is the adaptation of the book Hannibal that the movie Hannibal could never be. Yeah, because in the book Hannibal, Hannibal seduces Clarice into his world, and right. she they become a, a, a couple, mm-hmm. but. It's only like in the epilogue of that book that the sexual component in there, and it's tossed in, out there like, oh, yeah. they also have sex. Yeah, yeah. Which is how I feel about these two. Like, yeah, sure, they probably yeah. have sex, but that's not what gets them up in the morning. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's yes. the emotional erections <laughs> that get them up in the morning. 
It's the thought that they might go out and kill somebody together. Like, and get away with it. And be like, today's the vet, right? Yeah, today's the vet. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that vet. Yep. But I feel oh. I also feel that way about the entire show, and I think most of the best shows do this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only been since we've embraced shorter TV seasons that we've really been able to like every element of the show is intentional yes. and has a through line and mm-hmm. there's no dropped pieces that you don't you're like, whatever happened to that thing? Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's gonna show up somewhere. There's Trust. No <laughs> like it's it's out there. Yeah. And and it's it's very well planned. But when you have these shows that like some people really love, like I think of I think of like your X Files or mm-hmm. Lost. These were shows that wanted to build up this huge mythology, but they didn't know where they were going. And not every single moment was planned out to the point where it's like, oh, trust me, we're going to hit this again. Mm-hmm. Like, but, you know, so you just kind of have to wait and then you're just left with all these questions. Right. Um, but Hannibal's not doing that at all. It's like every single thing is very intentional. Like the sound, the yeah. the lighting, everything. Everything <laughs> is a really like well put together tapestry mm-hmm. and that's one of the things I actually really like about this show is that it trusts the audience to be smart yes. Yes. Well, some shows yes. definitely dumb it down and mm-hmm. repeat shit and stuff because they're like we don't think they're that smart this show will make a reference to something that happened 10 episodes ago and goes like I <laughs> hope you followed <laughs> like we're not saying it again <laughs> but I'm like I, I respect that I feel like for once I'm not being talked down to in one of the first episodes, we talked about this, about how mm-hmm. I think Will asks Hannibal, or Hannibal asks Will how he sees him, and Will mm-hmm. is like, how do you see me? Like, kind of turns it back on him, mm-hmm. and Hannibal compares him to the, he says, the mongoose I want under my house when the snake slither by. In the last episode, when Will has Hannibal at gunpoint, he says, I see you. And I was yeah. like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, and that's because that, that <clears throat> seeing... Yeah. It's such a big motif through all three seasons. Yeah. It's like the the seeing and the knowing. Oh my god, yeah. Like I can't wait until you get to season two. <laughs> I'm like vibrating. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna vibrate right out of the cell. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's just oh god, there's so much about the show that I just fucking love. Well, and on that note, uh, we are approaching our commercial break and we'll have even more about the show after that. Commercial break! Ah! Woo! It's time for Eris's Recipe Corner. Put it in your mouth? Yes. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> All right. Cinnamon apples. My favorite side dish for pork chops. Doesn't matter how you cook your pork chop. And it's always improved by cinnamon apples. So you need apples. That's. I feel like that's a given. Question. <laughs> Yes. Uh, a mock apple pie can be made with rich crackers. Could rich crackers be substituted for apples in your cinnamon apples? Not rich crackers. You really do need to have apple apples. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, mostly because it's like pan fried. I feel like... I'm not sure how that rich... I, I know which one you're talking right. about. And that seems like black magic to me. So I'm not sure how that works. Okay. <laughs> so we're not relying on the texture of... The inherent texture of the apples where it is weirdly similar to the inherent texture of right. rich no, crackers. Right. I'm actually... Uh, we're going to be cooking down that texture until it's mushy. It's mostly... Um, so I go with a very tart apple. I really like to cook with Granny Smith. Because when you cook it, it will break it down and make those sugars pop more. And so if you cook something like a Red Delicious, it actually 
weirdly enough, loses a lot of its flavor because the sugar overtakes it and there's like nothing else to taste. So I use the Granny Smith apples. That way you still have that like just a little bit of that sour uh, mixed with that incredible sweet because this is so variable because sometimes I'll make cinnamon apples just for me. So it's really like just one apple that I cook up and then sometimes I make a gigantic batch where I'm like, I peel and core like five. So you can leave the skins on, but I do recommend chopping them into like eighth or smaller slivers. Put them in some type of bag or bowl and mix it with about, I would say if it's one apple, a quarter cup of brown sugar, at least enough to like thoroughly coat the apple and then like a tablespoon of cinnamon and then just kind of like do more for each apple <laughs> you add in. So like when I do a batch of five, it's like a good cup of brown sugar. And then I basically just un undo the cinnamon, ground cinnamon topper and just like put it in this bowl. <laughs> you mix it up really well. You have a hot pan, melt an entire stick of butter in your in your uh, stir fry pan. And then you put all the apples. Make sure your pan is big enough to fit all of your apples. I have messed this up before. But yeah, you put all the apples into the hot butter and then you stir until they're soft and sticky. That's it. That's all you have to do. Soft and sticky. <laughs> They're so easy and I, I am so happy I can make them at home, but I'm also so mad that I've had restaurants that charge me like $5 for this. And I'm like, mac and cheese is harder to make than this. What? Anyway, it's delicious. You will never go back. And also it's made out of apples. So it's like kind of healthy for you. Kind of, maybe a little bit, kind of, kind of, kind of a little bit, a little bit. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> I'm sure the butter helps. That's, it's the dairy component in there. So it's almost a complete meal. Right. It's yeah, part of hey, your complete breakfast. As far as protein and fat, like binding agents, butter is definitely better than some of the other options out there, which is more oil-based. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Actual, a, big, yeah, a, natural yeah. butter. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But still, it's going to kill you. I mean, it's butter. Yeah. But who wants, Everything who wants good is going to kill you, so you might as well just kill some back. It's fine. Yeah. And that was Eris's Recipe Corner. I'm not sure how you put human meat in that one. It's a side dish for human meat. There it is. We thank you, listener, for joining us on our uh, journey, this final leg of the journey. Leg. Get it? Because it's going to be the last <laughs> little bit. Ah! You'll get there. <laughs> We have other fine podcasts at PartyApocalypse.com, including uh, The Holodeck is Broken with our guests, Z, Eric, Z and Laura and me and Eris and everybody, and you listening. Also, there's also uh, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods with friends of the show, Donna and Kenzie and myself, and Z and Eris's old show, As the Myth Turns, also The Fourth Wall in its entirety, also books, blogs, movie reviews, and nothing else, Eris. Do you have anything to plug? Nothing. Excellent. Z. Hey. Would you like to plug anything? Sure. I have a TikTok. It's at underscore. It's just Z underscore. Excellent. Love of my life. I know that's more of a holiday is broken mm, sort yes, of cue. Yes. Uh, the one who I see under this house with the snake. I, I can't remember the line. <laughs> <laughs> Floor is the monkey. That's I like that. weird. Yeah. Okay. I'm gay for you is what I'd like to say. <laughs> that's the Yeah. No, I'm good. Okay. No, thank you. <laughs> Nothing to play. Stop being gay for me. <laughs> so we'll go back to our episode. 
I'd like to talk a moment about the miracle that is Julian Anderson and how she just gets hotter as time goes on. I don't understand it. It's... I don't... I, I'm just... Yeah. Sh- she's an elf, right? Like, are we established that she's like... She's like a D&D elf. She, her, yeah. Her, her We're all going to be long gone and she's yeah. going to still be getting it. Her max age is like 400, right? Everyone knows uh, this. Hannibal, psychiatrist from uh, oh, the yeah. X-Files. Yeah, she... I mean, 30 years ago... People were like, oh man, Julian Anderson's so yeah. hot. I'm like, wait, wait, wait till the 2010s. <laughs> That's when things get real nice. God, she's. Yeah, I think she's oh, prettier man. now than she was yeah. back then. Yeah. Like, yeah. She has that, like, sophisticated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Especially so anyone, I think any any lady <laughs> who can go toe to toe with Hannibal. Yes. Like, this little, like, uh, verbal gymnastics that they do in, in their sessions. Mm hmm. That maybe just adds to the hotness. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it, I mean, it's a, it kind of a genius casting move just on its face because the X-Files is so, s- certainly in its early years, is so slavishly devoted to Silence of the Lambs. And mm-hmm. with Scully as sort of a weekly proxy for Clarice Starling. Red-haired but then yeah. she comes in as the, you know... The Uber Starling, yeah. And even in season, it's early season three when they're off in Italy mm-hmm. doing their thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she yeah, yeah. definitely fills more of that role as, yeah, for as time sure. goes on. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I really like Doctor Demoye. It's so hard to tell at this point mm-hmm. in season one how much she knows of mm-hmm. Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, I like, I know enough of you to know that I like you, and I'm like, all right. What's enough? <laughs> you know, like, I need you to define something. She knows enough to be frightened of him. Like, the very end. You're, I mean, yeah, it is the last episode where he's like, you've always refused my dinner invitation, so I had to bring dinner to you. She's like, mm-hmm, okay. That's his love language, bringing food to people. Which <laughs> right. is what he does to Will, like, in episode one. Oh, yeah. He, he always like, brings Will. Or here, he always brings food. Here's some eggs and sausage. I love you. Look, Even at I the have... end, he's like, here's some chicken soup. I right. love you. So he the chicken soup, and he gets so embarrassed. Like, he actually flushes a little bit, and he goes like, yes. He's like, I did bring Will was really soup. cute. He's like, you made me chicken soup? Mm-hmm. Like, he was just so excited by that. I've courted people through food before. I'm just, that's, that was courtship. Because yeah, he's so... trying to be all, like, fancy about it. Oh, well, this has this ingredient, this ingredient. He's like, you made me chicken soup. But also, <laughs> like, every single ingredient he had is good for immune boosting and helping people heal from yeah. usually, like, flus and colds and stuff. Um, but, like, you know, the fact that he he named off, like, the ginseng and the, the whatever stuff. I, I looked at it at one point and I was just like, yeah, all of those are, like, Good herbs. <laughs> They're like those are Listen, like. I'm um, <laughs> he's he's real fond of drugs, so maybe he did was like. And also, here's an edible. <laughs> We're gonna heal you, buddy. But Doctor Demorian has refused all. Now it could be from an ethical, like patient kind of standpoint. Like I am your psychiatrist. I am not gonna go eat dinner at your house. Also, though, she might know that he's a cannibal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's just like, I've had enough sessions with you to know that you make a lot of eating people jokes. Your, so. your, your Rorschach <laughs> test is alarming from a culinary standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think I want to eat with you. Like, even, was it was it Freddie Lowndes who was eating and she was a vegetarian? And yep. so she... she Shame to know. ruin the salad. Right, 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 right. But even then, I'm like... Nobody else thought to ask for just a salad. Like, right. She she stuck to her guns and, you know, 
Good for her. I don't know. Anytime I made a snack in between episodes, I felt very Hannibal-esque. In the kid. I'd be like, just moving very precisely, like, here are a couple of oranges. Just <laughs> a couple of pieces of chocolate. Have I told this podcast before? That you've eaten human flesh? Oh, no. You've well, implied. I mean, <laughs> that, uh, that's not where I was going to go with that. I learned how to cook because of this show. Nice. That's cool. The, all, all of this is because I watched Hannibal Lecter, or I watched Hannibal, and it was like I, 2012, no, 14. I picked mm-hmm. it up 2014. And then I was like, oh shit, that food looked fancy. Mm-hmm. Google. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know how to cook before the show. <laughs> so nice. this, this show inspired me to learn how to cook. So all these recipes, they're for Hannibal. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> He's, nobody, he's out there somewhere, probably if, in Cuba. If nobody got me, I know got I know Hannibal got me. <laughs> Ow. It's like sometimes you get to stop and think to yourself, what would Hannibal Lecter do? And you're like, go to the kitchen. We haven't even really talked about the main arc, the Garrett Jacob Hog, Hobbs of it all. I was just sitting here thinking, yeah, I was the main like, plot of the season. like, like it, it, it feels like Hannibal was very excited about co-parenting with Will in that oh, moment, like, yeah. like Abigail suddenly an orphan. He's like, oh, Will, let's be dads. <laughs> Let's be murderous family together. Daddy Hannibal and Papa Will. This reboot of my two dads in a direction. (laughs) Hannibal's on Twitter like, the whole life found a new daughter. Hope I don't wreck it like the last one. Oh my god. Hashtag what would Lady Lady Murasaki do? (laughs) Chio just responds being like, go to bed Hannibal. (laughs) The only way the show would be better is if Hannibal had a Twitter and then Will Graham had a TikTok devoted to his dogs. That would be, that would be it. I know exactly what kind of what kind of TikToks you're talking about because it's always got like the vaguely folksish music that can also be like sped up a little bit made into fairy music and then it's like, like walking over a stream. Well, and, like, he's got an emu somewhere on that property with a full name. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a full serial killer name. Yeah. yeah. A three-namer. Right, yeah. No, for sure. Uh, Garrett Jacob Hobbs is a part of the show, but also kind of weirdly not part of the show because so much of it is overtaken by Hannibal's and Will's relationship. But mm. at the same time, it's that catalyst, like the whole beginning, the, the first episode, they're talking about a sensitive psychopath. Mm-hmm. I think that is foreshadowing for Will. Like hmm. the, I, I'm bridging into like essay territory, right. not actual like, contextual yeah. information but like th- this is my opinion is that will knows exactly what's wrong with him i know what kind of crazy i am you know, define the word no i think that's where i'm tripped up because right. i don't think by the end of the season he can know much of anything no and i think that's what hurts him the most in this season right. is that hannibal scrambles his brain so much and makes him question himself we start the season, Will has a pretty good idea of wh- what and who he is. Right. He doesn't tell anybody what it is, though. He just says, I, kn- I don't like it when people are in my head. I know what kind of crazy I am. He doesn't want anybody poking around in there. Hannibal scrambles him enough that he's like, he actually starts to question. But then he kind of like pulls himself back in the very last episode. Right. I think Will knows the only thing keeping him from being someone like Hannibal Lecter is the fact that he cares about other people. Because otherwise he's perfectly capable of that violence. I think that's where Will's at in the first episode. I almost completely disagree. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, think I'm, I think I'm with Z. Please, okay. continue. I think that Will is autistic and OCD. 
Um, and I think that makes him an incredibly empathic person with the ability to see everything that could and would go wrong. Mm. And I think he's got um, harm obsessions, which are the, like, I could kill somebody right now with this knife in my hand. Like, those things. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like, those intrusive thoughts. Okay. I think he's kind of got that to, like, a crazy degree. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't mean to say, like, crazy. But, you know, like, crazy. A wild like, yeah, degree. Yeah. yeah. And I think that Hannibal is very manipulative of Will. Oh, God, yeah. And I feel like Will doesn't know anything about himself. I think everything that he has a grasp on is like a flashlight compared to everything else that he's got going on. And he's only wanting to see what is right in front of him, which is that he's good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And they, like, cause he constantly says like, I know who I am. Like even when he's at his like most doubtful, he's like, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. So. And it's a theme throughout where, especially when he's talking to Jack, he's like, why are you making me do this? Like he, yeah. he's so intentional about not wanting other people to be playing him or poking around inside mm-hmm. of his head. But, like, Hannibal's different. Right. Yes. And that that relationship, I think, that's definitely kind of messed him up. But mm-hmm. I think uh, I tend I, to agree. Yeah. With I, I think the Jack relationship messes him up more because Jack is very utilitarian. I think mm. of all the characters, Jack cares about other people the least. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Um, Jack is willing to do whatever it takes to get his job done. And yeah. I think Hannibal cares about them the most. But it's a binary state. I, I don't care about you. You are meat. Yes. I do care about you. This is going to be an intense emotional connection. And right. it's not just Will. It's Alana to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. It's uh, even Tobias in sort of a one-night standish sort of yes. way. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Dr. De Maurier? Am I saying yeah. it right? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's it's very French. Yes. Yeah. It, but a, a very intense connection to her D-U as well. capital M-A-R... I-E-R. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, thank you. But yeah, I, I think Jack is the one person who doesn't have that peace in him that human connection even with his wife it's it's Mm -hmm. perfunctory it's not even oh my god you're you're going you're you have cancer and you're going to be Mm -hmm. going through something at best and annihilating at worst it's like why didn't you tell me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean I, i i think he he does have emotions and he does care but i'm gonna give half of that he has emotions. I don't think he cares. Okay, I mean, I, I yeah. definitely I, yeah. a, a really strong argument can be made for that. Like, mm-hmm. I I'm not sure he he definitely doesn't emote well. He has two modes. Yeah, exactly. Talking like, and shouting. Yeah, it's weird how. Also, I, I kind of wonder. This might be. A, I think it might be a toxic masculinity thing a little bit. Could be because I think that has the ability to has, remove compassion. Oh yeah. Yeah. He only opens up to Hannibal. He has a couple scenes where he opens up to Hannibal emotionally, and that's it. He doesn't open up to anybody else. We see that he might have opened up to Will, but we don't actually get to physically see that. Is he really opening up to Hannibal, or is he understanding that Hannibal is a good tool to keep Will useful for longer than he wouldn't otherwise be? Well, I was actually thinking about when he talks and he like basically cries in Hannibal's office about, like, I can't stop thinking about when my wife is going to die. Yeah. It's like really the but only even time then. that Jack gets emotional. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it could be manipulative because Jack yeah. is highly manipulative. Right. I mean, Jack is literally willing to do 
whatever it takes to get people to get his job done. Even then, I kind of get the suspicion that Jack is worried about what happens after his wife dies because how it's going to affect him. Right. How is, like, is that going to mess me up enough that I can't do my job? Am I not going to be as smart anymore? And and that's a through line through the book as well because in silence, his wife is sick and it gets worse to the point where the politics of the FBI get to the point where they think, oh, your wife is sick. That's why this didn't work out. You need to be put on administrative leave. Mm -hmm. So he's also thinking about his potency, for lack of a better term, in the FBI. Right. If if I am the guy who has a, a wife at home who's sick, I'm not... People aren't going to cower in fear. I don't need mm. sympathy from the people I see in the hall. Mm. I need them to run the other way right. or bring mm. me a solution. Yeah. 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 Because he doesn't seem all that sad. Like, did did they know Miriam was dead or they was she just considered missing? They assumed prior? she was missing. She'd been gone long enough. Jack right. was sure that she was dead. But right. only because he was like, otherwise she would have come back. But when, because like when the arm shows up, right. he's not sad that it's confirming that she's dead. Mm-hmm. He's more like, oh, also, somebody's toying with me. Yep. This is yeah. just to get at me. It doesn't confirm like, she's dead. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Not even She's a little just bit. Maybe no, armless. Sure. Considering Chilton lived through what he went through. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah arm is nothing. Lass can get through a lot worse. I mean, but, like, yeah, and, and it is, it's very narcissistic. Yeah. They'll, like, oh, how is this going to affect my job? Be like, dude, your trainee is missing an arm. At the very least, we know that for a fact. She may, in fact, be dead. Like, a little compassion. No, I love none. that this whole show is just filled to the brim with people with personality disorders yes. and like, what are they doing? And like, what is what is the circumstance that takes you from being a Jack narcissist to like a Hannibal or, you know, like what, what is, what is your path? Cause you have Will over here collecting dogs. He could have yeah. just been as easily killing dogs because oh, he doesn't want to kill humans, but he thinks he's got to, you know, satisfy that urge somehow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fascinating. We're approaching the end of our time for this episode. This is just one half of our discussion mm-hmm. of season one of Hannibal. I think, listener, the one takeaway you need to come from is uh, that Jack Crawford is the monster of the show. Yeah. <laughs> he is the devil. Yeah. It's a devil's bargain. Yeah. Yeah. Just because he doesn't directly kill anybody uh, yeah. doesn't mean that he pretty much put the chess pieces in place right. for all the people who would be inclined to kill to kill. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Jack Crawford, the real villain of (laughs) Hannibal. And uh, I think with that, we will see you next time for the second half of our discussion as we then, uh, after that, proceed through Hannibal and wrap up our discussions of Hannibal at large. Goodbye! You two stay there.